This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I'm Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. So, Doug, today we're going to talk about sleeping better and how we changed our habits for the better. We both have been terrible sleepers at different times and have improved a ton in the last couple of years. It's not perfect, but much better. We'll go over several of the top changes that we made. And it's been it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen each other and I missed you, buddy. What, what's been going on? Yeah, you got to go to FinCon. I had to stay home because the kids were sick. Uh, we took that time to redo our bathroom, which we weren't going to do till we got back. But now we're ahead of our home improvement schedule and look forward to being done with all of that crap. Okay. And then we have the holiday season coming up. Do you have like a busy holiday season or do you take it easy? Yeah, we're, we're going to travel from November 18th through the 25th, which I kind of regret. Other than that, uh, we're going somewhere after Christmas, like between Christmas and New Year's. And so I guess it is kind of busy, but we plan to take it easy otherwise. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're, we don't have any big plans and... A couple of years ago, like when we moved away from the Southeast and our, our families and stuff, we sort of made a decision that we wouldn't travel back during Thanksgiving and Christmas, even though it seems like that's the obvious time to go back. And it's because we don't want to see our families. No, <laughs> it's because when you're, if, if you're trying to visit with your families, that's a very busy time and you have to go to various different parties and there's a lot of other people there. So if you actually want to spend like quality time with like your core family or a specific person, usually um, you don't get as much quality time with that person. So we tend to travel like either before the holidays or like in between Christmas and Thanksgiving. And then it's still around the holiday time. So you can like whatever, go to the botanical gardens and see the lights or other stuff like that. And there's, you don't have to share the time with other people. That said, we're not going back to visit family either way. <laughs> you do have a small trip just in Colorado, right? In December and that's Correct. it then? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Down in the Southwest part of the, the state here, but it should be pretty fun. We like to, um, you know, check out some of the smaller towns around here and there's so much great stuff here in Colorado. You don't have to go too, too far. Yeah. So. Okay. So I wonder if we, if we should have a potluck or do something around Christmas or Christmas Eve. Yeah. I th yeah. That's been great. The last um, few years, there are some like orphans around here. So yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas Eve, there's usually some kind of activity over, over there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a party at the HQ. Should be pretty fun. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the sleep topic here. And it's something I've been really prioritizing over the past few years. So Carl, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the, the days when, did you, did you always have a beard? You always uh, have one? No, not, not when I was a kid. Okay. I could, I could picture you as a, like a little rascals kind of kid with, with the beard. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. So, so let, let's go back. Um, 
to like college years, how well did you sleep? Did you live in a dorm uh, ever? Like, did you do the dorm life stuff? Yeah, I did for the first year. No, for for the first two years, I was in a dorm, and then uh, after that, I was in an apartment. Okay, gotcha. So, how'd you sleep back then? Did you party a lot? What was your deal? Um, no, I actually didn't do much of that at all. My sleep in my first year was kind of poor because. I had this crazy roommate who uh, was not academically inclined, so he'd want to stay up and talk and play board games and shit like that. So that was a distraction. And then the the second year, I got this roommate who his rule was he would try to get classes as late as possible. I remember this guy. God, I couldn't stand him. So if he had a if his first class was at noon, he would budget eight hours of sleep. So he would stay up till four o'clock in the morning and go to sleep at four and sleep till noon and wake up. And for some reason, I could never get out of eight o'clock classes. So this was a uh, a bad situation. He would keep me up, and I got out, and he would be screwing around, so making noise and not being respectful. So I got out of that situation as fast as possible. And then after that, it was great. How, how about you, Doug? What was your college uh, sleep routine, dorm routine like? Yeah, I think um, I didn't party too much uh, the first couple years, but I lived in dorms as well. And I think my, my roommates and I got along pretty well. I think I tended to stay up like a little too late. Like back in those days, you mentioned, um, you know, your roommate would play board games because you guys didn't actually even have like video games or computers back then, right? Uh, sometimes board games, I guess more. He was really <laughs> into kidding. TA. <laughs> I'm like, you guys didn't have the internet, did you? You had dial up though. Right. Yeah. Well, back then there was no, like my first year of school, like there was no campus internet. I don't, I don't think I ever went on the internet my first year of school. That would have been 1991. Yeah. We got it like the third year. It was crazy. Yep. And you, you carried around a pager. <laughs> Did you ever have a pager? Ne- yeah. For work. Okay. Sure. Okay. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But we, I was like one of the first classes at Georgia Tech where um, we were required to have a computer. So it was like high speed internet. So I'm, I know I like stayed up too late, like surfing the web. And back then you just read like web pages or whatever, or like download music or movies or whatever stuff we were not supposed to download on the campus network. But it was such early days, like it was harder for them to block that kind of stuff. Um, So, so anyway. I stayed up too late, um, but I didn't party too much. My roommates and I got along pretty well. I was in the co-op program. So right after the first year, I started uh, like interning every other term. So I would like either live at home or I lived um, with an aunt at one point. But, you know, you have to wake up and go to work at whatever, seven in the morning. So I had a pretty regular schedule um, when I was working. So fast forward, um, discovered alcohol and my classes weren't as difficult. So then I started going out and drinking a lot more and that messes up your sleep. Like, I mean, you could somehow you operate. I used to play trivia with my friends on Tuesday nights and we would just get sloppy drunk. The place was like down the street from where we lived. And um, yeah, we would stay out until like midnight, drink a ton and then like get up for an 8am class. I had early classes often. So anyway, not healthy, not healthy. And then I kept doing that for about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it wasn't that bad. Um, But there were times when I traveled and it was the same because we would, we'd be in New York or something. So we'd work all day. We would uh, have a 
pretty healthy per diem each day. And then we would go out to nice restaurants and then maybe go to a bar like way too late and then get up and work. So that was not healthy. So I had pretty bad sleep habits for many years. How did you transition once you got a job and all that? Yeah, I think my sleep habits were always pretty good. I think my sleep has degraded later on in life, but I always tried to go to bed at a pretty normal hour. Sometimes when I'm left to my own devices now, like if Mindy's out of town, I'll stay up later and watch some crap on TV or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty consistent throughout my whole life, I would say. Um, alcohol does screw it up and I never drank that much in college, uh, maybe more so afterwards. And yeah, that's definitely a a negative. So I, I try to watch that. But but despite all that, like I said, my sleep has gotten worse as I've gotten older. And I don't know, my prostate's good, Doug. I know it was on the top of your mind. You were thinking about my <laughs> prostate, but I don't wake up to pee. I just wake up. Okay. Well, and yeah, we, we mentioned like we have been terrible sleepers. You have pretty good like sleep habits, or at least you, you did for many years. But I know when we chatted before, you're like, you'll wake up in the middle of the night and then you can't fall asleep. So talk about the struggles that you had sleeping. Yeah. And, and that used to never be a thing. So, uh, I, I've never been, so there's sort of people who could fall asleep in a car or on a plane or anywhere. And I'm always jealous of those people because I cannot do that unless I'm heavily sedated with some kind of prescription drug. So I've never been able to fall asleep easy. That's always been my struggle. But lately, maybe the past five years of life, I'll just wake up in the middle of the night as well, like three o'clock in the morning, boom, you're awake. And you look at the clock, you think it's like six time to wake up. And last night I actually woke up. I went to bed real early. I was tired. I woke up at like 1030 at night. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what is this? A lot of people have even gone to bed at this time. So my two main struggles are falling asleep and now staying asleep. And for me, like I mentioned, I would often stay up a little too late. And just like you said, if I'm out of my normal routine, like if Elizabeth is out of town, I will often end up, yeah, watching crap on TV, like something I don't even care about. And then if at first it's no big deal, it's like, uh, I'm just watching like one 30 minute episode, but then with streaming, like there's just episode after episode pops up. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to bed at 11. And I wanted to go to bed at nine or nine 30. So, so that's one issue. And I think it was probably around 2013 or 2015, around the time that I started working online on the side, I think I was starting to wake up at like three or four in the morning, like you're describing. And I'd, I'd feel like wide awake and couldn't fall back asleep. And I was actually excited to do some of the things that were coming up that day, like working on my own side hustle or whatever. And I, would, I wouldn't be able to fall back asleep. Sometimes it was more stress oriented and not, you know, like an excited thing where I'm like, oh, I want to get up and build my business. So it, it definitely got negative. And the other thing is like, when you wake up in the middle of the night, your brain's all messed up, right? So I get stressed out about things and I think they're really horrible things that I'm going to have to solve the next day. And then when I wake up and I'm actually um, really awake, I realize that it really wasn't a big deal. And it's a very easy thing for me to whatever, call up and reschedule an appointment. Like it's not a big deal, but in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh no, this the 
world is going to end if I don't figure out how to solve the solution, you know? So is that the kind of thing, like when you can't fall back asleep, do you get stressed out or what? Yeah. Sometimes it's strange how your brain works. And I, I was curious about this and I read about it and I think it was cortisol, this hormone that fights off stress during the day, but that decreases at night. So you could have the exact same thing. You could be thinking about the exact same thing during the day that you do at night, but your brain interprets it differently during the two times because during the day it would just be like, oh, whatever, you got this, you can handle it. But at night, like you said, it's like, holy shit, I, what am I going to do about this? But I ha I've had the exact same thing where you wake up and you're like, you remember being so worried about this. Like, well, why was I? This is stupid. And it, yeah, it, it keeps you up. And at times I've tried to like get up, like write the list down of things that are bothering me. And then at least it's out of your head. You're like, all right, I'll work on it tomorrow. But over time, like in the last, I would say year or year and a half, like I've gotten better where I'm like, I'm not worrying in the middle of the night. I'm just awake for a little while. And then I know eventually I'll fall back asleep. So anyway, what are your current sleep habits as far as like bedtime, wake time, duration? Like what are you trying to do and how often do you hit that goal? Yeah, I try to go to bed at like nine o'clock and by go to bed, I mean, have the lights pretty much out and that's a lot easier to do like this time of year than in the summer when it's still super bright out. And I just wake up whenever I wake up, which is usually four thirty, five o'clock, something like that. And that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, around sleep, I try not to drink anytime close to bedtime and um, yeah, I'm trying to think there's not much else to it. Okay. And how, how often do you achieve that goal? Uh, probably about 50% of the time now, just because we've had a lot going on. But I think that'll increase as our lives become less busy, which I'm really looking forward to. You also traveled a lot this year. How well do you adhere to the schedule when you're traveling? It's almost easier to adhere to it when we're traveling because all these distractions and things that we have to get done at home, all these projects aren't there. So all that I have is a book or a, a newspaper or whatever to distract me and, and that's it. So it actually becomes easier when you're on the road. And I think part of my struggles with sleep too is sometimes I do wake up exceptionally early and I feel like I have to get up because there's so many things to do, but I don't have that same mindset uh, when I'm on the road because I'm away from those things. So I look forward to actually being done with all this, these house projects in our life. And I'm wondering if my sleep is going to improve after I'm done with all of them. And we've traveled some, we're, we're out of town on our writing retreats and you're able to sleep in because you don't have a project to, to work on. So not, not every day, right? There was just like one or two days, like um, one or both of us like can sleep in longer. Cause for me, right. I don't have like Georgie, trying to wake me up. I don't have to take her for a walk or whatever. That's the dog, Georgie. And then you don't have the projects to work on. Yeah. It's super interesting. Like just not having the, you know, in air quotes, like the responsibility to get up, like you can actually sleep a little bit more. Yeah. And I wonder for me, if that's an, an error in my life, like I either need to reframe this work and, and diminish it in my mind or figure out something else. Cause if this thing is causing me to lose sleep, that's not good. Yeah, I think well, one thing I started to do um, recently, and maybe it was like last um, spring or something like that, when we still had longer nights and now we're approaching some some long nights, 
um, I would stay in bed longer. So sometimes I would wake up at like 5.30 and I'm like, ah, it's 5.30, I'll go ahead and get up. I usually wake naturally between like, I would say 5.30 and 6.30. And occasionally I would think, I'm just gonna keep laying here until I fall back asleep and get like a full other sleep cycle in. So I'd wake up closer to like 7.30 and I would feel really, really refreshed and good just getting like one more round of sleep. And I've been trying to do it more and more, but it, it is a little difficult, especially like in the summer, it's bright outside and I'm like, oh, I want to go for a walk and like, I want to go ahead and get started with my day. But when I got that extra sleep, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the worst is when you go to like an Airbnb or not so much in a hotel, but they don't have a blackout curtain or, or oh, curtains yeah. of any sight. And then the sun comes up and like, Wah! and that's it. You're doomed from that point on. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Okay, so we have improved our sleep. Uh, it sounds like, uh, for me, uh, more so than you, um, but when did you make it a goal to like fix some things up with your sleep? Uh, probably fairly recently when I realized, uh, I think I was, I read some study that talked about how bad lack of sleep is for your mental state and maybe for even long-term disease states. There's some people who think Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia might be caused by lack of sleep. So I'm like, oh man, I, I need to really pay attention to this. And it's kind of funny, Doug, in our society, a lot of people brag about how little sleep they can go on and stuff like that. I can go on four hours of sleep and do my job effectively. And uh, even if you can do that, that's not something you should really brag about because you're probably doing the opposite. So anyway, I read all this maybe pretty recently, maybe a couple of years ago and realized that I need to get this stuff straightened out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I, I used to say like, ah, I can get by on like six and I could like barely get by on six. The, yeah, the fact is like, you're much stupider or at least I am. I'm much stupider when I don't get enough sleep. So I think probably we've chatted before about it and I know in college I stayed up too late. I didn't get enough rest, um, probably too often. And I'm pretty sure I would have done better in some classes that were very challenging if I just would have gotten a little bit better sleep and was rested. And I know there's probably people out there listening thinking, oh, I can get by on four or six hours and you can get by. But when you actually get however much sleep you need, which is usually around eight, I think, right? That's like the the uh, consensus. Yeah. Supposedly, I wonder how accurate that is if people still say that. Like yeah. Eight cups of water a day is at a bunch of bullshit or Yeah, yeah. It's weird how those line up. But the yeah, the fact is like you're probably better off if you get more sleep. And like you said, there are studies that tie it to a lot of uh negative impacts in the future. And yeah, I think it's great if you you know, naps are great, like sleep a ton. And uh it's something I, I tried to improve over the years and it's only been the last year where i think i made like a significant amount of progress so we're going to talk about some of our top tips and this was actually inspired number one from a, an email from our friend brad barrett over at choose fi i think a lot of people listen to that uh, podcast i'm on his email list and he included a link for i think like 80 or so sleep tips by uh, someone on Twitter named Sam, Dr. Sam Saote. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but we'll link up. So if you want to look at the full list and we're just going to highlight a handful 
that um, we find helpful personally. So, Carl, you want to you want to kick it off like one of your we don't have to follow the list exactly here. Just like one of your top things where when you fixed that recently, it really had the biggest impact. Yeah. And I added a couple of my own. I'm not sure I was supposed to do that because I didn't realize these came directly from the list. So I'll go with one of the ones that was already on the list before. And this one I, I really enjoy. And this is don't have an alarm. Don't wake up to an alarm. Just wake up naturally. Yeah. I notice whenever, like now I've done it for so long without an alarm that when I have to set an alarm, that in itself screws up my sleep because there's some reason I had to set the alarm to wake up to yep. meet someone or make a flight. And then I have a little bit of anxiety that for some reason the alarm is not going to work or whatever, which is stupid. I mean, the alarms always work. But yeah, it's such an unnatural way to wake up because you're disturbing your sleep, right? Like you should sleep as long as you need to and then wake up naturally and go on with your day like the you would mention the eight hours of sleep which i think is probably a good guideline but the the perfect answer should be well you should sleep as long as you need to because i think it is a little bit different for some people i was talking to someone who was like yeah i need like nine and a half hours like Mm -hmm. man that's uh i'm glad i'm not like that but if that's what that person needs to get through the day that's fine i'm sure other people i know there's a certain group of people who need like an hour or two of sleep have you ever seen this before they have some genetic anomaly oh yeah i think a video popped up on youtube recently and i didn't watch it but there is some some uh, coverage on this recently yeah but again uh back to the original thing no alarm is great because you should just get how much sleep you want and no more and no less and I agree. I, I haven't had to set an alarm except for like flights and other specific appointments in a long time. And this is one of those cases where Carl and I are just out of touch because some people have to set an alarm, you know, so we, we understand that. So I'll, I will give a secondary tip that's kind of related. So I have an Apple watch and I know a lot of other watches have this feature. So I, I could set an alarm and it tracks my, my sleep. And it's not 100% accurate, of course, but it's pretty close. And instead of like sending an audible alarm at a specific time, you can set it to vibrate within like a, say, a 30 or 15 minute period when you're coming up from your deepest sleep cycle. Because like you don't want to wake up when you're like dead asleep. You'll feel kind of groggy. It takes you a little while to wake up. So the app knows when you're, in a more light sleep and then it'll start vibrating gently and then it's a much easier way to wake up and it matches a little bit more closely to your sleep cycle. The downside is you end up most likely waking up say 15 minutes before you intended to wake up. But the the good part is you'll feel more alert. Have you used these kinds of alarms? I have not. Yeah, they're, they're great. So I, I think they probably have it because you have a Fitbit or something. Yes. They prob- it vibrates, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if it does or not. I've never uh, felt it vibrate if it does. I don't think it actually does. Okay. Okay. So maybe you can't do it. Um, they also have some uh, alarm clocks that have like a light mechanism that will get brighter. So it's a similar idea where it's not an audible thing that wakes you up and you, you get... Uh, scared because the alarm went off it just like slowly gets brighter and then hopefully wakes you up in a more gentle way nice so that's a pretty good one all right i'll take another one this is um something that has worked pretty well 
when I can stick to it. And that is maintaining a consistent sleep schedule, even on the weekends. So I asked you this question, but I didn't answer it myself. Um, usually I'm trying to go to bed around uh, probably 9.30 or so. And I'll wake up, yeah, between 5.30 and 6.30 or so. And I probably hit it 80% of the time, maybe a little bit more. Sometimes I stay up a little bit too late. Sometimes I'm a little tired or whatever and go to bed a little bit earlier. But keeping that schedule, even when I go to bed later, if I wake up at the normal time, that helps me the next day versus like shifting my sleep later. Sometimes it's not really as um, convenient. So for example, I was at FinCon, so I was away from home for like four days and I went to bed late every single day and I woke up late every single day. It was okay. And most of the time I'm adhering to the schedule. So it's not a big deal, but that was key versus like staying up late, um, like randomly, like three times a week. So very helpful. So, so one thing I've noticed to build on this point, Doug, like if you have a bad night of sleep, how long does it take you to recover? Like, let's say something happens, you drink too much or uh, I don't know, whatever, you go to sleep at midnight and you have to wake up at five. So you're tired. How long does it take you to recover from something like that? Usually if it's minor, I think about one, one day of maybe a little bit extra sleep. And if it's something more significant, it'll take two or three days. So a quick example, um, when we went to Camp Phi, uh, this past summer, we stayed up pretty late for a couple days. And that took me probably like three or four days the following week to catch up on my sleep. I was still a little bit tired. And I think if you looked at like my, my other, um, stats on my, my watch. So like resting heart rate and a couple other things, you would see like everything is elevated or a negative impact overall. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. So if I have a really bad night of sleep, it usually takes me three days to get back to normal. So one thing we've done is we've built our travel around this too. Like we'll never get, I used to always buy, Hey, this flight's at 6am. It's like a hundred bucks cheaper or something like that. And that's something I'll never do. Like for this November travel we have coming up, I was just looking at my flights. I booked it for 3 p.m. in the afternoon because I don't want to have to get up at all, change my sleep routine in any way. And we'll land at the place. It'll be like six o'clock Colorado time. So there won't be any loss of sleep, which will be great. Nice. Very good. And a couple others, I'll round these out in the habit category. Um, I often do take a hot shower before bed, about an hour before bedtime. And I have been wearing uh, socks to sleep, just like short socks as well. And apparently this helps keep your uh, peripheries, like your feet, warm. And that induces central heat loss. So do you take a shower before bed? Uh, yes, usually I'm a night shower person. Okay. And do you, do you usually get it pretty hot? So like you warm up and then you get into bed and you cool down? Um, yeah, I guess uh, that's accurate. Yep. Okay, cool. So that seems to work pretty well. And, you know, hot shower feels feels nice. How long are your showers? Do you play around in there or what? No, no, they're, they're pretty short, five, 10 minutes at the most. But how we've got this fancy shower with, uh, and I've only done this once, with two shower heads and you can like, Aim one at your front, aim one at the back, and it's kind of like you're getting it from both 
side, so it sounds kind of foul, but... Yeah, it's like a car wash. Think of it like a car wash, not yes. like, you know, getting it from both sides. You're just getting a little rinse. It's right? a people wash. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, Carl, do you have any calming bedtime routine? Does uh, Mindy tickle your head or anything like that? No, nothing like that. Uh, just to try to have, maybe have a dark in the room. So I noticed, Doug, one time we were camping, and I, I think that at that time of the year, it was getting dark, like at 7.30 or 8. I noticed, like all you had was flashlights or headlamps. I noticed how tired I felt within like 15 or 20 minutes of it getting dark, and I just wanted nothing more than I go to sleep. So now we simulate that in the bedroom by just having a small reading light on and nothing else, have the environment completely dark. Cool. Yep. We we try to keep it pretty dim as well. We have a lot of dimmers um, on our main lights. So yeah, in the evening, I really do try to turn it down a little bit. And we actually do, you know, we're, we're approaching uh, the winter time with longer nights and I just get tired earlier and try to go to bed earlier and just like sleep more. So feels good. And it's just easier to go to bed earlier and sleep in a little later just because it's dark outside. Yeah. It's so nice. I think I, my sleep actually suffers for probably three months out of the year just because there's so much light. Maybe we have to migrate North for this summer. Yeah. 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 Okay. So as we're moving on, um, mentioning light, this is in the sleep hygiene section. So I try to keep it pretty dark. And you mentioned blackout curtains. We have some, yeah, blackout blinds. And I've taken to putting like black duct tape on any LEDs that shine in the room. So it's it's quite dark. And even the moon makes me upset when it's full. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you guys have a pretty dark? Yes, we have blackout curtains and it is extremely dark as well. Okay. Highly, highly effective. And I, I've tried to wear like a sleep mask, um, but I typically push it off my head. So do you ever try to use a sleep mask? I've tried to, but the same thing, it just falls off. And then that in itself will wake me up because the light is a little bit different and you notice it, you notice something's different and then poof, I'm up. So yeah, yeah. do not continue to use one. Yeah, I, I, I bring them when I travel just in case I can try to use them or something like that. But yeah, typically I just push them right off my head. So one of the big things is regulating sleep temperature effectively. And I've talked about it before. This is the uh, chili pad. I think it's called something different nowadays. But our friend Jake gave it to me and it really changed the quality of my sleep almost immediately. Like I could look at the sleep data from my watch, which is not very sophisticated. And I could just see I was getting more deep sleep each night. And that was the the portion of sleep that I wasn't able to figure out. And it was all about the core temperature of my body. So that huge for me. And in the past, you know, we try to turn down the thermostat, but it's obviously a little wasteful if you're trying to cool the whole house but you really just need the bed to be a little bit cooler. So the, the chili pad was a complete game changer. Yeah, I have one as well. And it I cannot live without that thing, especially we have a memory foam mattress, which I like the feel of, but it sleeps so warm and it is uh, just a nightmare to sleep on. I would have thrown the mattress out if it weren't for the chili pad. Okay. And there's one you actually don't have on here, which I'm curious about. Uh, white noise. Do you sleep with any kind of noise? And I know the chili pad kind of provides that. But 
before the chili pad, did you have any kind of noise machine? Yes. So we have an air purifier that runs. So it's just like a, a gentle hum. And we've, I think we've had uh, some kind of air purifier for you know 15 years or something like that. I'm trying to even remember a time without having something running. That said, I have gotten so used to it that like when I've been traveling out of town, I'll turn on white noise on my phone just so there's some hum. And it actually seems to help quite a bit. I've gotten very used to it. So do you have um, white noise going? Yeah, well, when we're at home, the chili pad makes the white noise and that's enough for me. But when we go on the road, I usually have a phone app or sometimes we'll even bring a separate device. It, they even have one. A friend showed me this. He brings us one. It's a, it's a small machine, but there's actually a mechanical fan in there because he said that knowing that it's a speaker and some fake noise doesn't solve the issue for me. So I have to have something that makes oh, really? real noise. And they actually have a device if you have this issue. How about that? It's a, very, it's a mental game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it tends to help quite a bit. And the secondary effect is um, our house is pretty quiet overall, but um, Georgie will bark in the middle of the night if she hears like some far away noise or something like that. And it, it's very rare, but it is alarming to be uh, sleeping. And then you hear the dog barking. I mean, it wakes you up, of course. So just having the white noise going, like kind of drowns out some of those noises. And I guess it makes her more calm too. Cool. So now we actually do have an ad. So we're, we're testing this out. This is a real ad. We need to make sure people know. And it is from our friends over at GhostBet. So we actually have a code. It's mile high fi. You can check the details in the show notes here. It's 50% off site wide. And you can go to ghostbed.com slash mile high fi. Now we're going to put some content in here so don't, people don't fast forward. Carl, do you have any recurring dreams? I do. I, I have a couple and they're both uh, kind of stupid, but kind of terrifying. Well, tell well. us the clean one. Cause you told me the other one earlier and I found it. Um, I, I was already not a big clown fan, but um, the clown story yeah. dream was very alarming. And then the monkey and the rhinoceros come in and, oh man, I, yeah. Where does the subconscious come up with this stuff? I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, uh, so what's your recurring dream? Uh, my clean one is that I lose my teeth. Like all my teeth fall out. Oh man. So, yeah. and what happened? Like, is there any other context is like different times and all that kind of stuff? I, I don't think so. Like I, I get too many cavities and they all have to be removed or they just all, they fall out. And that's one, like sometimes when you have the real bad dream, you, you wake up and that's one of them that actually wakes me up. And I'm like, oh, good, good. I still have my teeth. And right. I don't know where that one comes from. But. I think it's a very common one. That's actually one of mine as well, where it's like, oh, there's something wrong with uh, a specific tooth. And then I have all these issues. And the crazy thing is earlier this year, I passed out after spending some time in a hot tub and actually like smashed my teeth and it was horrific. Like one of them turned black. I had to get, um, I mean, it's exactly what you imagined in your dream. And then I had to live through it. So I had that recurring dream and then it happened and I made it through. Everything was fine. Huge pain in the butt, kind of expensive, hurt quite a bit. I mean, my teeth were loose for like three weeks and it's not cool. Um, 
but anyway, that's a common dream, common stress dream. Now, I have another common one, which is college related, right? You show up, like, I, I don't know the context exactly, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to classes. Everything's great. I'm the cool kid on campus this time, you know, not the nerdy kid. And then I show up to the class it's finals and I'm like, shit, I haven't been to the class in like three weeks. Like, I don't even know what's on this test. And then, you know, I fail it. I'm like, ah, I tried my best. I don't know. I, I'm a pretty good test taker, but three weeks, that's a long time not to be in class. Yeah, yeah. Has that dream diminished over time? I have a similar one that I'm late for class or that I forgotten. And then I look at my syllabus. I'm like, oh, crap, I was supposed to be in calc or whatever. Yeah, it, it has diminished. It hasn't been, it's been a couple of years, I think, but like there was a time that it was like pretty common, like in the last four years or something like that, like yeah. every few weeks. Now, the, the other weird thing is I will have, I don't, I never remember these dreams, but I'll have like nightmares and I'll be like something bad is about to happen. Like someone's going to mug me or something. And I'll be trying to yell like, Hey, like someone help or whatever. And I'm like trying to yell, but like when you're dreaming, like your body is um, like paralyzed. Right. And I'll try to yell, but I can't. And I keep trying. And eventually I, I actually yell out loud and Elizabeth hears me. It wakes her up. But the thing is, it's not like a regular yell. It comes out like, like the the biggest baby <laughs> like i'm just like oh I'll, you'll she'll have to uh emulate it for for you later but she's like you had a bad dream last night so i have some sort of night terror i don't know every six weeks or something like that i don't know i never remember him wow interesting i'll uh, i'll let you know if that ever happens when we're sharing a room <laughs> i was gonna ask you because like it happens occasionally so okay so ghost beds Check them out. The thing that both of us have is their, uh, it's the memory foam pillow with a cooling gel because we're both warm sleepers and that cooling gel works great. You mentioned that uh, one of your daughters has now um, taken it and she's using it for her own pillow. Yeah, she was unhappy with her pillow. So I'm like, hey, Claire, I, I've had this one for, for a couple of weeks. I like it. Why don't you give it a shot? And she did. And now she won't give it back to me. Yeah. So she liked it a lot and I liked it a lot. And now I have to get another one because she has stolen mine. And uh, currently Elizabeth is, has stolen mine. So she's using the, the ghost pillow as well. And they also have mattresses, adjustable bases, all-in-one bed frames, pillows, sheets, bedding, all that kind of stuff. And Carl, you mentioned you might be looking at a new mattress. Uh, tell us about the ghost bed Lux here. You see yeah, this all ties into our sleep issues with me not valuing sleep. Apparently, five years ago, we went to some local store and just got some cheap piece of crap. And Mindy is saying that she has joint pain now in her hips. So uh, just today, she was like, I think we need to consider getting a new mattress because this thing is not working. I wake up with pain as a result of this. So yeah, I think we are going to try one of these out. Cool. And there's some other details. And one thing y'all should definitely check out, I was telling Mindy earlier, but they have like um, split beds, like a split king and they're adjustable. So you could like raise it up and like uh, there's anti-snoring, there's zero gravity. And uh, it's pretty cool. I think you can like move your feet a little higher, move your head higher, all that kind of stuff. And they also have under bed lighting and USB ports. So they're high tech as well. So anyway, you can get 50% off there. 
Thanks a lot to Ghostbeds. I, I see real quick one other thing, which uh, Ghostbed is probably going to fire us for sponsors for me saying this, but I see there's a massage feature with five different modes and three intensities. It might be, uh, yeah. it might spice your non-sleep uptime in, in bed. Did I say that right? It might spice up the time when you're in bed not sleeping, if you catch my drift. Yeah, so there's five modes, and you won't believe what mode four does. <laughs> but you got to bring a towel. You're going to need to have a towel next to you. Yeah, link in the show notes. But yeah, 50% off, right, with our code. Yep. That's great. All right, let's move on to some of the other aspects of uh, sleep. So let's talk about stress. I think both of us probably... We carried uh, maybe more stress than we needed to at various times. So one of the tips here is to avoid these uh, stressful activities three hours before bedtime. Do you do anything like that? Or how do you feel about your stress level now? Yeah, and I think there's a good life lesson. I was thinking about this, Doug, because actually I was at some with someone at Camp Fi, and, and this person was like, yeah, all these horrible world events are going on and blah, 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 and the world is going to shit. And... uh what I said was, yeah, all that stuff is true and we should help out as much as we can, but ha have any of those things affected your daily life like in, in any way? In other words, if you had not known about them, would your life be any different? And their answer was like, well, actually, like, no. So you're letting these things bother you that shouldn't, and I think we have to acknowledge these things and help out while we can, but if we're letting it disturb our day-to-day -day life, I think we're processing it processing it a little bit too much especially if it screws up with our sleep that is just bad agree a hundred percent yeah i've been kind of on an information diet for better part of a decade or or even more where i'm just like ah, if it's not impacting like my day-to-day -day, i probably don't need to know about it unless someone like actually just tells me so one thing that Elizabeth has gotten better at, but occasionally she would like read news headlines first thing in the morning and in the evening and then tell me about it. And I'm like, don't tell me about these horrible stories that are going on unless it's like something very impactful. Um, so she's gotten better with that, but I'm like, I'm intentionally, I don't want to know this stuff, especially like right before you go to bed. Yeah. That's horrible. Related to that, um, this is not a stressful activity, but um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. I, I try not to eat close to bedtime, especially like a big meal. So I'm trying to eat dinner, you know, between five and six if possible. And, you know, we're, we're getting older, you know, like senior citizens that want to eat early. So occasionally when we've grabbed dinner, I'm like, do you want to eat at like 530? And you're like, yep, that's perfect. It works out great. So what time do you guys usually eat? Yeah, early too. Uh, it works out well yeah. too. We we were out of town this past weekend for our show and uh, we went to dinner early and they have a bunch of happy hour specials. So yeah. it serves <laughs> a second purpose. Everything was like half off or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And related to, to food, alcohol. Yeah. We've talked about alcohol, just wrecking your sleep. I can have probably about one beer and it doesn't seem to impact my sleep too much. A little bit. Um, when I have like two or more, I can start to tell, um, what about you? Is there some threshold where you're okay? Yeah. If I do any at all, I like to have it actually earlier in the day to save it for a weekend. Cause I'm not going to pick kids up under the influence. So 
if I do drink at all, it's nice to have it in the afternoon. You'll notice, Doug, you're coming to my big birthday bash this weekend. And the start time is two o'clock. And I love that, it. Yeah, and that's uh, that. That wasn't the deciding factor, but I'm like, yeah, let's get our partying done early, and it'll be over by seven. We can all go back to bed and be in bed at a normal hour. And like, I'm I'm not into that one a.m. or even ten p.m. shit anymore. It's great. Yeah, when I had my little birthday gathering, it was between two and five it was like at a brewery it's just like show up when you want leave when you want hang out whatever i'm gonna order pizza it was very like casual and early in the day so yeah very nice okay the other part which i'm not as good at this but i'll um i'll try not to drink too much fluid like any like even water um before bedtime i usually end up taking some supplements which i'll get to in a second but I've been attempting to not drink as much so I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night and pee. So do you consciously work on this? Yes, I try not to drink. Like Mindy is a water fiend. She just drinks water like crazy and she'll have this big ice thing next next to the bed. And I'm like, man, I can't have that because I'll be out peeing all night. And I think she actually makes it through without going. So she must have a bladder the size of a hot air balloon or something. Right. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Okay, a couple other quick hitters here. So what about exercise? I think both of us are pretty active, but how big of a role do you think it plays with your sleep? Oh, I think it's huge. Like there's some days where I've missed my workout. I'm like, ah, it's seven o'clock. The gym's open till eight. I'll just go in there and get a workout. And that wrecks my sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doomed. So my favorite time to exercise is first thing in the morning, but never, I would say not even after three o'clock because I think you're just... Uh, like especially if you're running or doing high intensity stuff, it just stirs you up. You should be relaxing, not trying to get yourself stimulated. Yep. I I agree. I I can usually do like a walk. You know, you could do a walk, that's all right. But yeah, any strenuous, any kind of weight training, nowhere close to bedtime. And yeah, I'm I'm way fresher like in the morning or midday or so. So yeah, I try not to do too much. Uh that said. Um, I think like intense exercise, like really does help me sleep. I know those days where we've done big hikes or something outside of our normal, uh, like cardio routine, I will sleep so well. I, I fall asleep really easily and it, it's literally like your body's tired and like needs the extra rest. So do you find that too, when you've done like a, a big 14 or something? Yeah, absolutely. And this might be kind of related, but one thing that helps me, I know you're a big fan of hot tubs, but we don't have one at our house. Currently, we we almost do, but whenever, I, whenever I've had a chance to go in a hot tub before bed, it's so relaxing, and uh, maybe that's a continuation of exercise. It's just further relaxing your body and putting your body to sleep. But, but Doug, I was telling you this. Uh, we were in Sam's or Costco. I forget which one, and they had inflatable hot tubs on the clearance rack, so... On the flatbed, it went, and I still have to put it together, but uh, soon I think I'll have that going. And I'm really curious to see how that is going to improve my sleep, and do they affect your sleep too, Doug? I think so. I think it um, it goes back to like the warm shower impact where like your core body temperature gets cooler at night, and you know, if you elevate it a little bit, like the, it, get, it gets you like that momentum. I think I've heard this on a podcast where like, if you warm your body up either with like a sauna or a hot tub or a hot shower, when you get into bed, your body's starting to cool. And then if you have like a chili pad or something, it could cool you even more. And that helps you 
fall asleep and stay asleep, I think. Cool. So, okay. And as we wrap it up here, supplements. So this is one thing that I added in, which I, I think it did help, but I, I don't know how much, and it could be somewhat of a placebo. At the same time, I continue to take these supplements, but I, I tend to buy them in like bulk powder now, uh, just because the little tablets are a little more expensive. They're not very expensive, but it's a little bit more. So these were recommended on uh, the Huberman Lab podcast, and it's magnesium threonate, and then L-theanine and apigenin. So I take the sort of recommended dosage uh, on those specific supplements. Um, do you take anything like that? Uh, not for sleep. I'm kind of curious. I, I heard Peter Atia, one of his most recent episodes, I remember him talking about, I think, magnesium specifically. But, but I don't know what he says. Do you have any idea what these supposedly do for you? Like, Yeah, so I think in a general sense, all of them promote relaxation. Um, I think magnesium is one of those nutrients, micronutrients that people typically like under uh, consume. So just having a supplement of it is supposed to be good uh, like for just uh, mental clarity as well. So sometimes I'll take like one in the morning and then a couple in the evening. So that's, that's kind of the idea. The theanine I think is one of the components in um, green tea that they've extracted out. So again, relaxation, but I think a lot of um, nootropic supplements will have theanine in there because it sort of uh, tapers and buffers caffeine and other stimulants. So it, it has a calming effect, but theanine is from green tea. And then apigenin, I believe that's the component in chamomile tea. So it's again, calming. And when people have chamomile, like apigenin is the thing that makes them chill out. Okay. So that's what it, that's what I know. It could be off a little bit, but generally the, these all have worked pretty well for me. And, um, I take them probably 95% of the time. A lot of times with supplements, I will take them regularly. And then when I go on vacation, just to get a break from them, I don't bring them on vacation. So that's not a hard and fast rule, but it's always good to take a break from like a supplement. Yeah. Reset. Yeah. All right. Anything else for sleep? Uh, our ask the reader question, what is your best sleep tip? So you can answer that. You can leave a comment on the YouTube. Uh, you could comment. You could send us an email, Carl or Doug at milehifi.com or leave a comment on the Facebook group. And we will put links to all of those in the show notes. And thanks a lot to GhostBed. Remember, you can go to ghostbed.com slash milehifi and use milehifi to get 50% off site wide. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and uh, actually we don't give high fives in in person, so the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, 
make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. So we recently recorded like a fitness and health episode. We proclaimed our goals. How's it been going? Like I traveled a little bit and it's been a little tougher, but I do have an update, like a tiny mini update for the sound check. But how's it going with you with working out, eating all that? Uh, Nice. I am a little bit thinner, but one issue is we've been going hard to get our bathrooms done. So I haven't been to the gym in two weeks, which is not how you should live life, but We've got a bunch of deadlines and people coming in, so I really wanted to get these projects done before that. So, mixed. I look forward to being done with this crap soon so I <laughs> can actually go to the gym and have a more balanced life. <laughs> How many fucking bathrooms do you have in your place? It's crazy. <laughs> Four. It's insane. Five showers, Doug. Five. Really? Yeah. That's... Uh... Is it, there's two showers at one bathroom or yeah, the there's master- like an external, there's just a bathroom or there's just like a shower, random shower some, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The master bath has, it's, I built this big shower and it actually has two shower heads in it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So what are the deadlines that you have? Like visitors coming to visit? Yeah. My mom's coming actually later this week. So we're trying to get the other bathroom done before that happens. And then we just get pretty busy with the holidays and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the main thing is we've got some travel planned and I'd like to go into that travel knowing that we don't have to come back and work on house stuff. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So health wise, you've, uh, put it at a lower priority. How about your eating? Have you been eating better? Um, no, probably not that either. Sometimes you get busy and you eat crap, but I've been trying to keep the quantity down. For example, we went out and I had a cheeseburger and I cut the thing in half and brought half of my, and the sides, I brought half of it home. So I've still managed to, um, drop my body mass, not my body mass, my fat percentage. I've managed to to drop that down despite all this other Mm. stuff going on. Oh, wow. How how much? It's like 19.5% or something like that. From what? I don't know, like 20.2 or something. Not okay. not that great, and the okay. scale isn't super accurate. But. Yeah, still. Still, that's good, considering you haven't worked out. So I um, have made it like a, a pretty big focus. I've been counting calories, counting macros for about six weeks or so. I've lost about five pounds and 2% body fat, which I feel great about. I think I'm actually getting stronger too. So I've been doing a couple lifts, and I'm like, I think I just lifted more than I have in the past. Wow. So. Um, I'm going strong and yeah, like I, I don't care about the weight. I want to lower the fat percentage like we talked before, but uh, like visually, like I could see like where I was, was getting, uh, I think when you saw it on me, you called it a muffin top. (laughs) You said that about me, but the muffin top's gone. I don't think I ever said that. I must have been talking about my breakfast, but I haven't eaten, so a muffin sounds great, but would be... 
in opposition to our goals. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll do a full update sometime in the future, but, um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, since I have prioritized like working out in the food, I literally have been focusing on other stuff or I haven't been able to focus on other stuff. And you've been focusing on like, Hey, got to get the bathroom done. So like you haven't been able to go to the gym and it's just like, even if we make up our own challenges, it's like, there's still other constraints you have to deal with. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to, I can't do others. I can't like work as much if I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm like using this mental energy to make sure I don't overeat. That said, I've been eating like a ton of food and like lowering my calories and it's just like different stuff than the garbage. You've seen the garbage that I've, you know, we went to Waffle House before I got the full all-star. I mean, I I could eat horrible stuff, but I've just shifted it over to like healthier macros and I'm eating a ton of food and I feel full, but it's just like more protein basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, back to something you said a second ago, the whole mental thing, it's already, you only have so much mental strength throughout the day to do so many things and it, neither of us have jobs so really we should have no excuse but yeah uh, i got a million of them 